Holy football, we are back. Egan and I are here to discuss the primetime games, the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. We're also going to introduce a new segment, and we have a guest phone call interview that we had recorded earlier in the day. So my record is actually pretty decent. Uh, I went one and one in the night games, which is a good thing. Um, really helped me out a little bit. So we'll first talk about the Lions and the Pats. And this was not a good game. This was an ugly game from the start. No. Uh, it seemed like the Lions just kind of knew what to expect from the Patriots. I guess that's really what it is with the Matt Patricia uh, defense going over there from New England to Detroit. Just kind of knew what Tom Brady was going to do, knew what Belichick was thinking, was really in his head the whole time almost. Yeah. Uh, it looked like the apprentice outcoached the, uh, the master there. And, uh, yeah, it was really surprising. Yeah, Tom Brady was only 14 for 26, 133 yards, a touchdown, an interception. No one really stood out. There were only four completions to receivers as well. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe that was really what's going on in New England is their lack of receivers. I mean, I know they have Gronk, of course. Is there a lack of Josh Gordon? On Sunday there was, but he is. Actually, he's going to be, be active, there sooner I think. or later. Hopefully. And yeah, they're going to need some big things from him because, like I said, there was only four receptions by receivers, three of them by Chris Hogan and one by Cordero Patterson, if you could have guessed that one. Uh, Gronk had four catches as well, 51 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, James White had the score in what was an ugly game for the Patriots as a whole. Yeah, I I think the uh – the narrative that they start slow is always around, like, you know, they're a slow starter. Like, the last time they went 0-3, they finished 12-4, and you know, what have you. But I don't know. This A lot of people were predicting kind of a, uh, a, a start to decline in the Pats this year. And I, I think this start has been a very good indication of a decline forming. I definitely agree with that. And while I definitely saw a decline coming into the season. I definitely did not pick that way in this game. I picked the Patriots, unfortunately. Um, like we said, the Lions really kind of handed it to them. It was uh, 26 to 10. Matt Ron- or Matt Stafford actually, you know, played well. Played well. Two touchdowns. Uh, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay got the scores. Carry on Johnson, 100 yards rushing. First 100 yard rusher for the Lions since November 18th, 2013. 70 games. 70 football games. And actually, I stand corrected, it was the 28th of November, but still, that's 70 football games, so good for them. Good for them. Maybe they need to stick with on Johnson instead of Garrett Blunt. They both had 16 carries. Uh, on kind of doubled Blunt up, 101 yards to 48 for Blunt. Yeah, you think? Uh, yeah, you can tell on the field that carry on is the man in Detroit. I think Detroit's going to be good this year. Um, it's just going to be tough how the, how, how that division shakes out. But I think all the teams are a lot more evenly matched than we think in the NFC North. So, and I think the lions are right up there with them. Yeah. I think that that is going to be, that might be the most competitive division of football. I think so. Yeah. 
Because you got the Bears defense, you got the Vikings offense and defense, you got the Packers offense, and you got the the Lions offense. Yeah. And maybe Matt Patricia put something together in that Lions defense. Maybe. I guess we'll see in the coming weeks. But again, the, the Lions take down the Patriots and put a loss uh, in my record. So we'll move on then to the Monday night game. The Buccaneers hosted the Steelers and what? I said it was going to be a shootout. I called a 60-point over-under. And it was. <laughs> we hit 57. I was close. Not quite 60. Not quite the 900 yards passing I, I predicted either or the 11 passing touchdowns. Uh, there was a combined roughly 760, 770 yards and six touchdowns. So Yeah, it was fairly spectacular. Yeah, it, it was still definitely Some big a, plays, a lot of big plays. Still definitely a shootout, but not, not quite the shootout I, I was projecting. But I want to talk about Fitzmagic here. He goes from magic to tragic to magic, back to tragic to magic. What's going on here? Yeah, he showed his, uh, you know, both sides of his calling cards last night you know he had the deep plays the huge bombs and you had the picks he threw three picks in six minutes i think he was he was being rushed a lot last night too though um they had a good pass rush on the other side for the steelers they were getting to him and that's what you can do with with the buccaneers and with fits if he doesn't have time to set his feet and make that huge bomb then he throws picks yeah, especially against the Bucks. at least the first three games, you know, they can't run the ball. So, you know, you're either just going to play coverage or you're just going to rush the passer. Exactly. So, I yeah, think they, that, that they still haven't figured out how to run the ball. <laughs> no, they haven't. Uh, I don't know what's happening with Ronald Jones. I don't even know if he was active again. He's just not. No, you know, they picked him Pate in the second. Barber and Jaquiz Rogers. You know, they picked him know. in the second round. You'd think that they'd be using him a bit more, but, you know. Yeah. But as long as Fitz throws for 400 yards every game, they're fine. Yeah, I guess that's true. He'll it just throw for 400 yards every game. That, yeah, that's true. Uh, and Mike Evans He's was done really, it in every game so far. <laughs> Mike Evans has been the main beneficiary of all of those passing yards as well. Chris Godwin looks really good. Yeah, actually. he does. He, he looks really good. He's the number two over Deshaun Jackson in that he, offense. He I had think. a couple stupid mistakes last night, but it was such a sloppy game. I was going to call it slop fest earlier. Yeah. It was muddy. Slop it was fest. wet. It was slop fest, you know? it's It was just, it, it didn't feel like, I mean, it was fun, yeah. you know? But it didn't feel like serious football. It felt like a backyard game, you know what I mean? The to defenses extent, were breaking yeah. down. Both quarterbacks were scrambling, running around. Slinging it. And everyone was slipping. Like, it was just, it was crazy. And I think Godwin's mistakes were a result of that. And then he also balled out those. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely did. Uh, he was 5 for 74 with a touchdown. So he definitely had a couple big plays. But he did make some He dropped mistakes. one in the end zone, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he could have had so two So he touchdowns. would have had another one. Yeah, he would have had a couple big plays. Yeah. No, I'm sure that as he continues to get more experience, though, he'll he'll learn from those mistakes. And I think that that's really what the the Bucks offense was. It was Fitzmagic, Mike Evans with a huge day, six for one thirty-seven and one, and, and Godwin, no run game there. So yeah, Deshaun would have had that amazing punt return touchdown, but there's always a hole. That was vintage own. Deshaun, man. 
Yeah. It brought it me was. flashbacks of on the Eagles, baby. Oh man, well, what a great returner he is. When he gets yes. in that, when he gets that seam, he just choo. he still has that speed. Oh man, he he's just flew past everybody. You were like, what? He's so good. He's, it was he's awesome. such a good returner. It was man. it was a shame because it would have helped me in fantasy. But. He's gonna have a long. He's gonna have a long career because he's even. I think towards the end of his career, he even if he's not playing much receiver. He's just going to be one of those special teams guys. Oh, yeah, like a, is a, like a Devin Hester. Yeah. yeah, of course. Absolutely, so, absolutely. I he'll think he'll his, extend his career that way. Yeah, I think his game will age well, even, like I said, just as a return man. But let's jump to the Steelers' side of the ball now. Juju. Juju, 9 for 116, no touchdowns. A.B. had the touchdown. Only 50 yards, though. It looks like Juju is the number one. I don't know I, if he's the number one. Yeah, I like I said, I, I slop fest. Still slop AB. Fest, you know? AB still AB. Juju was the beneficiary of the slop fest, the plays breaking down and the coverage breaking down, and he's slippery. He gets open. I mean... This is the third week in a row he's got 100 yards, though. For whatever reason, Antonio Brown isn't getting open, and Juju's getting open. So, as... As far as the Steelers are concerned, that's okay with them, you know. And James Connors making big runs. He looks fine. Yeah. They're not going to miss Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> I don't see, think they are. See, I don't I think that they're going to miss him a little bit. Okay. You know, James Conner, he definitely breaks off some big plays. He had the monster week one. He's looked good so far. I yeah. Mean, I think he's looked inconsistent. For what it's worth. He had a pretty poor week two. Uh this week was all right. I don't think he got a touchdown. I think he yeah. contributed a little more in the passing game than he normally does though. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I just think that Love Bell is just such a transcendent player that, you know, he's... I mean, to take back part of what I said, any team would miss Le'Veon Bell. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But with the game the Steelers are playing, like, would they miss him? Would they not miss him? Of course. James no, Conner is like a worthy replacement absolutely. at I'm, running back. And I'm certainly not trying to take away from James Conner. I think that absolutely. he's a very good running back. But, like I said, you know, there's only so many Le'Veon Bells in the world. Absolutely. So... Vance McDonald, stiff arm. Oh, I was just about to, yeah, yeah. That hurt Chris Conti's pride so much oh that they put God. him on the injured reserve today. His spear left his body. Um, that was disgusting. Did you see his his comment? His no. They interviewed him on. He was able to speak after that. No, like, no. I'm talking about Vance McDonald. Oh no, no. Yeah, I guess after the game they had interviewed him, and and a reporter asked, you know, what were you thinking when you saw him and you stiff armed him? And uh, I'm paraphrasing here, of course, but his response was something along the lines of, "I want to destroy him. I wanted to destroy him and make him feel my wrath or something along." He wanted to kill that guy, and he did. Yeah, he put him on the that, IR. He killed his season. <laughs> that's that beast mode mentality. That's that that good stuff. Yeah, you definitely like like play, players with that mentality. He was vancing it up, man. He had a good line too, right? Yeah, he did. I I, I think we might need a stat check on his stat line, but oh, he definitely right. did play. He definitely did play a pretty good game. The Steelers defense, like we discussed, got a good pass rush. I think that it was really, though, only for a short period of time. Like I said, they they had the three picks in, in six minutes, really. Uh, I know that they were kind of getting after Ryan Fitzpatrick more more so than not. But Fitzpatrick is, like we said, is just a gunslinger. They couldn't quite get to him most times. And, and you know, 
Yeah, it was it was sloppy. Like there was some good defensive plays, but in the end it was just a product of what the players were playing in, you know. I don't think it was like a natch on their defense. Yeah, no, that's true. You did call it a slop fest, I suppose. So we've had a poop fest and a slop fest here so far this season. Vance McDonald was four for 112 yards and a touchdown. Ooh. So it was mainly just that big play, but he did have some other catches. So, yeah, definitely a good day for Vance McDonald. I think that probably wraps that game up though unless you have any closing comments on it i i think we did a pretty good job though yeah yeah on to week four all right well before we get to week four uh believe it or not i have located a bills fan in the world they exist people they wow. exist outside of the city of Buffalo. Well, now they do. Yeah, now they do. No, I'm just kidding. And I, <laughs> no, <laughs> he's been a Buffalo fan for as long as I've known him, which has been a few years now. Uh, I wanted to get his take actually on the Bills' upset in Minnesota. So here on the phone with me, I have my longtime Bills friend, Brian. Brian, how are you doing today, bud? I'm pretty good. Thanks, Q. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. No problem. You're probably the only Bills fan that I know, so I have to get your take on their monstrous upset this weekend against the Vikings. (laughs) Definitely. Big, big win for us. Definitely wasn't expecting that. Neither was Um, I, as I definitely picked the Vikings in Minnesota. people were, yeah. So, um, pretty shocked. But, uh... Definitely pleased with the way Josh Allen played uh, in his second start, third game overall. Uh, thought he pretty much managed the offense as I would expect the starting quarterback to manage an offense, especially uh, with the lack of weapons the Bills have right now and uh, Shady not playing on Sunday. Yeah, I Definitely thought you guys. diminished that uh, even further. Um, so with what he had, I felt like he played fantastic. Yeah, I thought you guys were dead in the water, especially without Shady. I Like you said, I, 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 I did too. Yeah, truly, as you and I talked earlier, I had money on Minnesota minus 17. So I got my ass wiped with that, but obviously more than thrilled that the Bills got the W. Yeah, maybe you should have took the Bills minus 17 there and you still would have won. Check that right. out. Check that oh. out. I don't, I don't even want to know what the line was because money line was plus 950 yeah, at kickoff. Oh, boy. So, oh, boy. Yeah. So, how do you think the the defense did uh, with Vontae Davis retiring at halftime? How did you feel about that? <laughs> that was something comical. I honestly laughed at it. That's uh, crazy. A lot of people ask me how I felt because I am a Bills fan, and as you mentioned previously... There aren't very many of us out there, unfortunately, but those mafia. And um, so, yeah, I just laughed at it, to be quite honest with you. Um, I was hoping maybe he had a a year or two left in the tank. Obviously, he felt otherwise, and he was kind of playing otherwise, to be honest. Um, And as of Sunday, we didn't really need him, so. Yeah. Maybe maybe you guys even rallied around that to get the the big W 
Honestly, I think that had a lot to do with it. And also, Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, who's calling the defensive plays. They both, Sean, like, took it away from Leslie, and then he gave it back to him, and now they're kind of like co-D coordinators. Okay. And he actually gave Leslie the game ball on Sunday. Um, so, that's a cool note. Yeah, and there you go. Like everyone in the locker room's kind of rallying together, really. Yeah, um, hey, you got to trust your behind, coaches. Behind Josh, Shady's been nothing but supportive of Josh and the whole team. And the defense played great, got a couple turnovers, which is big for us if we get turnovers. I feel like we have a decent chance to win the game because we do manage the ball on offense. We run the ball a lot and kind of nickel and dime it. Yeah, you guys are definitely going to need to be a run-the-ball, stop-the-run kind of team if you want to want to compete at all, really. Um, so if you guys can play like you did against the Vikings on a weekly basis, you know, you may not be as bad as the people expect you to be. Yeah, I don't know if we can do that on a weekly basis, but we'll see. Time yeah. will tell. Oh, yeah. I think that, like you had mentioned, Shady just being so supportive of of Josh Allen and really the young team as a whole, uh, I think that his veteran presence is so important just because he's, you know, I think he kind of realizes that the Bills are just kind of a lame duck this season. And, and that's kind of upset him, you know, being a veteran in this league, he probably just wants to win. So, you know, I, I think really good for him to be a team player and to really just kind of, you know, take that role as the, the veteran leader on that team that just needs to support the young guys through the growing pains. Most definitely. I totally agree with that. And I love it 100% because, you know, he usually has kind of, he had some off-the-field trouble. Still, he's kind of in a little bit of a snag right now. But to see him so focused on just the team, is, is it's great to see. Because as many people know <clears throat> through the years, um, Shady pretty much has been the Bills, so yeah, kind of ride much. or die with what he does. So to see him supporting a team like that just gives belief for the fans and the team in the locker room, I'm sure, too. Yeah, I know Josh Allen and, and that offense with Shady, you know, they're going to be a problem. Uh, <laughs> I know we spoke earlier. I had said that I think the Bills were the team to make the right choice at quarterback. With Josh Allen, I've been noted on this show on the record a few times saying I'm a huge Josh Allen believer, and you know hopefully he can just continue to progress and keep this up. Right, right. I love him too, and as we both talked about a little bit with his accuracy concerns, and my thing right now is is touch. Um, sometimes when he needs to drop an over the shoulder pass, he likes to rifle one in there, show everyone that he can throw a 80 mile an hour heater. Um, yeah, but that, that's just growing pains, and I think he can definitely learn the touch aspect. Um, I know coming out of the draft, the accuracy, some guys like Mel and other guys were saying, you can't fix accuracy, but he's shown good accuracy to me through his two starts. Um, his stat lines have shown that too. And, yeah, he can work on the touch and get better with that, with the drop-offs and over-the-shoulders. Yeah, of course. I, I and I think that that's just going to come with time. You know, he's just going to have to learn to, you know, how to how to throw the ball and when to throw it and and when to use a ninety mile an hour heater, when to throw it over the shoulder, when to just let it fly. 
So, I mean, best of luck to you guys, though, for the rest of this season, and maybe we'll talk again soon, man. Thanks for joining the pod. Thank you. Appreciate it. That phone call was brought to you by Field Paint. Get your Field Paint at any Field Paint store or store that sells Field Paint. Because without Field Paint, football wouldn't exist. The field wouldn't exist. You wouldn't see the numbers or the letters or the hash marks. We are the reason football makes sense. We being Field Paint and all the different colors and styles of paint for your football field. You know someone has to paint it. We sell the paint. Field paint. (laughs) Field paint. What a sponsor. Who comes up with these things? (laughs) Where do we find these people for these sponsors, Keegan? Well, I mean, you just don't realize the things that go into the the game we love. And one of those things is the paint they use for the field. Oh, my God. I can't. That's. Thank you, Field Paint, for sponsoring football and fresh football takes. Follow us on Twitter at at FreshFootball. We have a new segment. As I promised on Tuesday, I'm going to reveal my top five power rankings here today to cap off our week three discussion should i go five to one or one to five keegan five to one five to one okay one in five and nobody has heard these not even keegan this is the first time anybody's ever hearing these hot off the press hot off the press so we'll see we'll see how keegan reacts we'll see how you guys react and hey i obviously think it's pretty good so at number five the defending champion Philadelphia Eagles. Woo! I'm projecting a little bit ahead here, putting them at five. I really didn't want to, but no, just, I agree. I th- I think they're being still based on last year somewhat, and the hope and fact that Carson Wentz will probably get better. Of course, so yeah. Will this offense. So I was looking at some other teams to put in here. I'm really not going to name them because that might give away the rest of my top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was looking at some other teams to put in here, and because I really, like I said, I didn't want to put the Eagles here just yet, but I just couldn't pick another team that I think is really going to be much better than them. Obviously, other than the top four. So. You know, I put them at number five. I think that that defense is is solid. They're just going to continue to improve. They got some new pieces. So as a, as those pieces get acclimated to the culture and and the style of play there and the playbook and stuff, they're only going to get better. The injuries on the offense are are not going to last forever. JJ might even come back this week. He's going to be back soon. Yeah, and they're grinding them out. You know, just like last year. Last year we lost some pieces. We still grinded it out. This team uses what it has, and it finds ways to win. And I think that people still doubt that. They'll doubt that forever, the underdogs. But it, it's it's worked, you know, for one and a half years because that first ha- – that, pardon me, second half of Peterson's um, first season was pretty good. So, like, for a year and a half, he's been just figuring out ways to win, and I think they'll continue to do so. Hungry dogs run fast. Is Hungry that dogs it? run faster. That's what it is. Exactly. Uh, so just touching base on some more of those injuries. Alshon Jeffrey's gonna 
Come back at some point, maybe. Come back to us, Alshon. Please. We, we need you. Come back. We need you out here. We Carson know Carson would love you to have a catch with just, just one. Just have a catch. Just one. A nice catch. Alshon, please. Just one throw. One catch. Ertz is getting mugged every play. You gotta come back, Alshon. So I think when he does come back along with some of those other guys, I, I think that they're gonna be, you know, right back where they were last year. And that's why I put him in at number five. Oh yeah. So, number four. You want to take a guess here? Ooh. <laughs> I can't think of it right now. New Orleans. The Saints. New Orleans. Coming in at number four. <sighs> Your They're reaction good. makes me think that that's a hot take. They're do you good. like them in the top five? Do you not? Do you agree? Disagree? No, no, I do. I do. Okay. I, do. I okay. was reacting I couldn't tell to, if it was a good sigh or a bad sigh. I was reacting to how potent their offense is. That's a large part of And why. they're missing Mark Ingram. Yeah, when he comes back, there are, it, it they It doesn't might. matter with Alvin Kamara. You could have anybody on your team. As long as you have Alvin Kamara, you're going to win games. Him and Michael Thomas. And I think that the Saints have proven that they can win both ways. You know, they've you know played in a couple blowouts. Uh, well, one blowout. And no, two blowouts. Are they three now? No, they lost to the Bucks week one. Oh, correct, correct. And I guess shootout was a term I was and looking another for. Another shootout. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was not blowout, shootout, because they're both one score games. Yeah. They've proven that, that they can win in two shootouts, two high powered games. And then they've proven that, you know, against the Browns, they won a low scoring 21 to 18 ugly game. So they can really. They can win however you want to play with them. So that's why, you know, I have them in here at number four. I think that they are they are the real deal. They're here to stay. Again, maybe projecting ahead a little bit, but I think that Mark Ingram, when he comes back, it really just improves them that much more. What do you think about their defense, though? Do you think that their defense is going to keep them in shootouts and maybe even lose them some of the games? Like, if it doesn't get back to how solid they were last year if it gets back to like a couple years back when they were always in shootouts and they were eight and eight because of it do you uh, do you think that could affect the team yeah i think if their defense is as bad as they were a few years ago when they were historically bad then you know it looks that way kind of to this point you know two out of three games have been 40 plus points on them so that's very true I, I guess I just tend to try to believe. Yeah, they might settle in. That yeah, I think that they'll settle in. Maybe not to what year. they maybe not to what they were last year, but I think that they'll settle into a a fine defense. You know, middle of the road enough to get it done in in some some shootouts there, and enough to you know still have some low scoring games and keep some some teams under twenty points or so. So yeah, the Saints, they're gonna be good. So the Saints come in at number four, number three here. A defense that has proven that they can't particularly stop anybody just yet, but has an offense that is just lights out, has proven that they can outscore anybody. Kansas City, number three, Patty Mahomes, carrying the Chiefs to a 3-0 record. Yeah, he's he's awesome. He's special. I am worried about Kansas City's defense as a whole, but Patrick Mahomes, Tariq Hill – Kelsey, Watkins, Cream Hunt, they've proven that, that they can score with the best of them, outscore anybody on any given day really when they need to. So I'm pretty comfortable with them here at number three for now. Pat Mahomes might 
at some point during the season regress a little bit just because people have some tape on them now and things like that. But ultimately, yeah. I think the Chiefs are here to stay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like you said, with that offense, you can't deny them. And I don't know. I guess that might be the recipe this year. We're back to high-scoring high games and just hoping your offense is potent enough to win because – I don't know. A lot of the a lot of the good teams you're talking about are high scoring, low defense. Yeah, it, it's a lot of high scoring affairs so far this season, and like I said, the Chiefs can keep up with any of them, which yeah. is why I put them at number three. My number two pick might be a bit of a surprise to people. Maybe not. Keegan, do you have a guess on who number two might be? I'm going to say Rams. Close. Okay. Very close. Not quite, though. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Ah. Uh, I think are the second best team in football right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That defense. I know I spoke highly of the Eagles defense. But Ironic to what I was just saying, but yeah, they're they're exactly the opposite of the t- first two teams you mentioned because I, they're all defense. I think that if any team can stop the Chiefs, which are number three, I think it's the Jaguars, which is why I, I put them one spot ahead. That was really my deciding factor in, in how I was going to put them because they were two and three in my mind. But I thought if they played, who would win? That would be a great game. And right now, great I'd, playoff game. Oh, right now, if they were playing in week four, if it was Chiefs Jaguars, I'd probably pick the Jaguars, which is why I put them at two. I think that that is the one defense that is going to give Patrick Mahomes bits. Yeah, they'd probably find a way to beat him because that's what they do. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the offensive side of the ball for them, I I know he's Blake Bortles, but you know he's played very well this season. Uh, even even without Fournette, he's played you know beyond what he's played in his career this might be the best stretch of football he's played in his career yeah I know I I say that coming off of a lackluster 9-6 loss to Tennessee but you know Tennessee always plays them well it's it's a division game so you can't really take I mean I I, you can take stock in them because I guess that's probably the most important is your division record but I don't know I just don't I don't knock them too much for that one when ranking them here. Like I said, that defense is built to last. They only gave up nine points. I think on any other given week, Blake Bortles is going to put up more than nine points. So that's my justification for Jacksonville at number two. Come at me if you want. but Yeah, I think Bortles is just good enough to win, you know. I think he's a gamer. Like, he had a low yardage game, but he didn't have any picks, which is important for him, you know. If he's throwing and turning over the ball, then it's a problem. But I don't think he's had many, if any, interceptions this year. So, um, he's doing his job. Yeah, he's not much of a big play kind of guy. I mean, every once in a while he'll have a big play. But he I makes – oh, sorry. No, that's all right. I think that the name of his game is going to be game manager, not turning the ball over, being safe with the football, right. doing just enough, doing what you need to do to win and not trying to be spectacular. Yeah, and I think the best part of – Jacksonville is their defense is so good that he he can afford to falter a little bit like as he finds his identity and like solidifies himself in the NFL like finally with what they want him to be um he can afford to falter 
and the defense is just that good. They they can just win games. Yeah, even if he does make that mistake or two, that defense is, like you said, just built to win games. So number one here, this one's definitely not a surprise, and Keegan actually alluded to it at his guess at my number two. It's the Los Angeles Rams. See, I had the same number three probably if I – if you were to ask me, just ordered differently. So I would have put Ooh. the Rams at two. Oh, you would have put the Chiefs, Chiefs at, one. at one. Okay. Yep. Okay. And then probably Jags at three. Oh, all right. So we're not too far off from each yeah. other. Okay. So that's funny. But yeah, the Rams are just, I don't know how anyone's going to beat them. Yeah, they're they're unreal. They do it all, offense, defense. We all know about the star-studded line with Donald, Sue, and Brockers. The offense, they have all the pieces, the receivers, in Cooks. Woods. Who's the third guy? Why am I drawing a blank? Cooper Cup. That's right. Cooper uh, Cup. They have Todd Gurley, arguably the best running back in football. Uh, they, they're they loaded everywhere. Those injuries at corner. Yeah, they really wanted a um, they really wanted a championship this year, and they went out and got it. And on paper, it was the best team. And right now, it's looking like the paper did not lie. It did not. But like I was saying, the uh, the injuries at corner may knock the Rams down a little bit, at least until they come back. I think Tlaib is out indefinitely. Uh, he he needs surgery to fix it, so we don't know how long he'll miss. But Peters, on the other hand, prognosis isn't so bad. I think he's expected to miss about a month. So maybe over the coming weeks that proves to be their weakness. But once at least one of them is back, even once Peters is back, I, I, I think that they'll be fine. And, hey, with that offense, it really might not even prove to be that big of a deal because like the Chiefs, the Rams can score the rest of them. Right, yeah. Another issue of team construction, and they made it so – um, if they have any losses at any position, then they're still geared up to win. Absolutely. So, again, just to go over my power rankings, I have the Rams at one, the Jags at two, the Kansas City Chiefs come in at three, the Saints are at four, and to round out the top five, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. So before we discuss this Thursday night game, I just want to remind everybody that the record then for me after the first three weeks is 25-21-2. I don't think that's too terrible. You know, I could have picked a bit better, but, hey, I'm over 500, so that's really that's really all I can expect with the way the NFL has gone so far. Yeah, it's a tough one. You picked a tough season to uh, start picking games. I certainly did, but I, I definitely love the challenge. And speaking of challenges, what do I do about this Thursday's game? The Minnesota Vikings will oh, yeah. travel to L.A. to play oh, yeah. the Rams. About those Rams. Yeah, we just finished talking about them at number one, and here we are talking about them for Thursday night. What do I do? I don't know. Minnesota is 1-1-1. One, one, and one. one of four 1-1-1 one, one, and one teams this year. There are four of them. Yeah. It's pretty wild. That just goes to show. What does that mean for the game? I don't know, but I thought it was cool. It just goes to show how crazy it's been. Yeah. How even how evenly matched some teams really are when it comes down to it. Now hopefully the playoffs can be that interesting when we get there, but we'll stick to this Thursday night game here, the next one coming up. Two great defenses. Two great offenses. 
The Vikings are going to be angry coming off that embarrassing loss in Minnesota to Buffalo. The Rams are going to look to continue to stay hot. They're going to need some people to step up in the secondary like we just alluded to a few minutes ago in the power rankings, especially against Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I have a feeling it might be a high-scoring game. I don't know. I could also see the Rams just destroying Minnesota for some reason. But no, I think like it'll be high-scoring. I think that the Vikings may have an injury or two on the offensive line. I feel like I saw that somewhere today. And like I said, with Sue, Donald, Brockers, that could really hurt them. Dalvin Cook is also questionable. He may or may not play. I think he's really going to be a game-time decision. And if they only give the ball to Latavius Murray two times, you know they're going to have a tough time winning this football game. Yeah, Cook's trending upwards to play, though. So I think... He's saying he's good to go, but, you know, it doesn't really matter, I guess, what the players say usually. Um, they always think they're going to play. They're optimistic. I mean, I don't blame them. You know, yeah. I, I'd i be the same way, too. I feel like you just want to get out there and play. But, yeah, you can't always quite trust what they say when it comes to their own injuries. But, yeah, like you said, I think um, the injuries to the Rams secondary is really going to kind of hurt them and allow Kirk Cousins to air it out more. And that's why I think it might be a uh, – one more high-scoring game than we might think, given the pedigree of both defenses. Yeah, I definitely agree. And and the Vikings actually have some issues on defense as well. I know Everson right. Griffin's going to be missing some time. Right. Uh, you know, he just has some bigger things to deal with than football. So, you know, Everson Griffin, I really hope he figures it out uh, on his personal end before he comes back and plays football. So best of luck to him. Um, but in football terms, that does create a hole in – in that defensive line for the Vikings. And, you know, Todd Gurley is going to take advantage of that. And I know that the Vikings defense as a whole is still star-studded. You know, it's Todd Gurley. He's arguably the best back in the league. And I think I just talked myself into picking the Rams here, especially at home. And if I have to go with a score, I realized I said I was going to do that when I predicted the Thursday game last week for the primetime games. And then I never did it for the Sunday and Monday night game. So I'm going to try to get better at that. So I'll pick a score here. Ooh. This could go one of two ways. It could be high scoring or low scoring. But I think I'm going to lean a bit more high scoring. I think I'm going to go Rams 33, Vikings 29. I think it'll be a close game. I think that the injuries at corner definitely help the Vikings receivers out. So 33-29 in a shootout. Yeah, I think um, you said earlier that you're looking for maybe a bounce-back game for Minnesota during your deliberation. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, Minnesota just got demoralized. The last place they want to go right now is to an L.A. Rams team. To play the best team in football, in my mind. In most people's mind, I feel like. Correct. And I'd mostly, I'd more count on the Rams making sure that the Vikings stay down for one more week than thinking the Vikings might bounce back. But who knows? Yeah, It's football. That's That's why they play the game, right? That's that's why they play the game. I feel like if it was in Minnesota, I'd probably pick the Vikings. But, you know, I'm going to go with the Rams here, like I said, 33-29. That didn't work for last week, though. No, it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Had to remind you that. Should I hard pivot and pick the Vikings? No, I'm going to stick with the Rams here. But, hey, we never know, just like Keegan said. And 
I guess that's why we love some fucking football. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you on Thursday night. We love football. We love football. We love football. We love football.